you're listening to Carmina's Cantata, where we'll be exploring the relationship between music and spoken word through a series of interviews with poets who have worked with music in a variety of different ways. My name is Carmina Masolova, poet, wannabe riot girl pop star and music lover, currently learning the ukulele and music production as part of the Arts Council's Developing Your Creative Practice Grants. This episode I'm joined by Belinda Jawi. Belinda is a Zimbabwean literary and sound artist. She's the author of Small Inheritances, Ignition Press 2018, co-founder of literary arts platform Born Free, and Experiments with Sound, Isma Moya. podcast it's really great to have you here thank you for having me so um i have been asking everyone at the start of the the podcast um what is it that first brought you to spoken word and music and then what kind of gave you the idea or um inspiration to combine the two um i i think i was more interested in I've just always wanted to write, I think. Um, so yeah, the, like the desire to write has always been there. And I guess later on, um, I was interested in poetry and it just happened to be in spaces where you could also share your poetry and stuff. So that was great. Um, and I seemed, I seemed to enjoy it 
more than I was enjoying other forms of writing that I was doing so I just carried on doing that and naturally I think the music just goes with it because I think those worlds in London especially are always um, mixing so yeah I've always liked to collaborate with other people um, so I th it felt to me like a natural progression mm. great and um, I've seen that um, as well as your name, you go by another name. So I wondered if you could also tell listeners about that and about the significance of names. Yeah, so I think that the name that I use as my artist's name is part of a, a Zimbabwean tradition where you take on a, to a, a totem from your father's side and you kind of are, you're going to use that totem as a title. Um, so there's basically a lot of million mamoyas in the world. Like, it's not really, like, an exclusive... Um, it doesn't have an exclusive meaning, I guess, to me personally. Mm -hmm. It's more of a general, broader way of being um, acknowledged in spaces in a way that's respectful, I guess, without people wanting to always use your first name. Uh, but I think for me, it was more a thing of, like, I always just wanted to separate... Um, what I was doing with the page and stuff from the sound work mm -hmm. that I was doing because uh, at the time they felt quite distinct from each other or my desires from what I wanted from them felt different um, and I don't think one way was actually an intentional like artist name I actually never wanted to have an artist name because I just thought that, would, that was quite corny <laughs> uh, not that people with artist names are corny but I personally felt that for myself, that would be corny. Um, but it, it just happened to be like a thing I used for social media, and then I was mm -hmm. like, "Well, that kind of fits. Why not?" Because um, at the time, I didn't. I thought the sound stuff was more of a side thing, so it was going to be something that I used as a, uh, not necessarily a pseudonym, but what a pseudonym? No, not in a way, but like, um, what do DJs use, right? And they have like two different names. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Um, there's a word for it when you have like use another name for something else. Um, but I can't think of it. I can't remember. <laughs> um, but yeah, that that word <laughs> is what I was hoping. Yeah, so I was just gonna use it as I guess another moniker. Um, um, but yeah, it just so happens that I think both those parts of my work seem to be more connected at the moment than I expect them to be. Mm. Yeah, that's really interesting because it's kind of like. I don't know, I, I feel like it takes a certain kind of confidence in your work almost to be like, this is me but another me, kind of, and occupying that space in that way. Um, mm. I hadn't really thought about it. That's interesting, no. I think that's a really interesting perspective. Um, personally for me, it was more of a desire to, I've always known that, that you can put out your ideas using more than one tool mm. um so for me i just never felt like it was really actually i don't know if i feel confident actually i feel really scared mm. um but i'm i don't i feel really drawn to it and i feel like a freedom that i feel when i'm doing that kind of work really makes me feel elevated and i just, i want to do that more um it's yes yeah, so it's a matter of it's something I stumbled upon and it just opened me up in a way, it opened up my creativity in a way I hadn't expected. 
Um, mm. So I just decided to pursue it because I'm that sort of personality. If something makes me happy, then I want to go with it. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so it makes me happy. Yeah. That's a good way. A good way to yeah. do it. Yeah, definitely. Um, and yeah, and I think that, yeah, I, there's something about just writing poetry that it, I think, for me anyway, it feels natural in a way, you know, once you know how to write, that it can be a very natural way of processing whilst working with music for me has always felt quite daunting because I don't know enough about it and it's kind of like yeah you need to kind of learn the language of it before you can go there so that is quite a a scary thing Mm. I think and and why even though yeah like I love music and I've all you know like when I first started writing, I imagined writing song lyrics rather than oh, yeah, these are poems. So, love poems, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, that's yeah. interesting. Um, um, I'm, I'm, I think that's what I enjoy, that lack of knowledge, that I don't know anything about that world. Especially working with uh, people who are like highly tra- trained and highly skilled musicians who've been playing for more than a decade. Uh, <laughs> I have no idea what I'm doing because... Mm. They speak a totally different language than I do. So I I think because I've always entered that space knowing that I'm a poet, Mm. I don't really see myself as a musician, you know. I'm a poet who works with sound and music. So that's to echo what you're saying, that it's scary, yes. But I think once... It becomes scary for me, the most when I'm overthinking, like, that I have to fit in some kind of puzzle and make sense with what they're doing because mm-hmm. they have their own formula but then I also know that I have my own formula and this is like something that they don't really know about either mm. so I think that's <clears throat> that's what I've been enjoying a lot just like the fumbling about almost like kind of when I first started writing um, you feel like you're just learning on the job and you keep discovering more as you go and I think I'm finding that a really joyful mm. joyful process and also then you just start to learn as you go and you start to gain that that um syntax that like that that's language that they have and that feeling or whatever you know it starts to feel like okay yeah and i see start to understand how the flow is flowing mm. but yeah it is it can be daunting but yeah for me i think i've been finding it i think i found it daunting at the very beginning then i just but i was just too like i really wanted to be in it mm. so i was just like i'm not like let's just do it like you know so i was i was it's sort of dove in head first and yeah I mean I still don't know I don't know like you know <laughs> still count my bars on my fingers and whatnot you know mm. but I, I do yeah and I don't make music so <clears throat> I don't always feel that pressure but also at the same time I feel yeah it brings so much joy to learn and just to feel a bit clueless mm. um something that I feel like I've been guilty of saying um which I often I think people often tell you um, is about how captivating your voice is when you read your poetry and um, when, you know, in that context you might prefer for them to focus on your words and hear something about the words that you're saying. Um, so I was kind of thinking in terms of the voice as an instrument, what kind of a role does the voice play for you? The voice is incredibly important for me. Uh, voice one of the cornerstones of my practice, I would say. Um, I think I cared a lot, actually. Because it... <laughs> yeah, I hear it a lot, and at first you're just, like, sort of quite dismissive. You're like, oh, great, thanks. <laughs> Did you like the poem? Um, 
And then you start to realise that people are trying to tell you something, you know, so you have to kind of go and discover what that thing is. Mm. I don't think I truly understand it, like, you know, because it's my voice that I hear it all the time. But also I do get a feeling sometimes when I do listen back to some of the things that I've done where I'm just like, wow, yeah. Like, <laughs> not necessarily, like, the the quality or the tone, just, like, I feel transported as well. Mm. So I get a feeling and a, an idea of what people might mean. So, yeah, I kind of made it my aim to discover what that means more mm. and more as I go. And I think hence why the incorporation of sound as well and kind of leaning more into the idea of being like a spoken word poet, quote mm. marks, because I don't think it's something that I've actually ever identified myself as um, over the years. I've actually, I think I've act, at some point I actively kind of wanted to distance myself from mm. that. Not because I think that spoken word is not, poetry i'm not one of those people i think poetry is poetry some is spoken some is not but i think there are just people who smash that part mm. of like poetry and i just was not one of those because uh that's that's not what concerned me with my practice i wanted to write words down that people can read and really engage with and feel connected to it just so happened that speaking that words out loud is what got that work out there mm. and then through that i started to discover how people are feeling about how I deliver those words, you know. So, yeah, it's been, like, quite a journey for me as well, and I'm still on that journey because I'm trying to figure out what that means and what, what that that means to my practice, what speaking as a poet means, what the voice as an instrument, not just um, next to musical instruments, but, you know, as a tool for speaking up in different ways, like, what can we do with that? And I absolutely love just, like, different types of vocals as well. So, yeah, it's been, like, an interesting um, journey, and... Uh, and reflection and really also just being now like yeah maybe i like yes i am a spoken word poet like you know it's fine it's not a problem uh because i want to speak the words you know so but i think the concern of like oh check out the poem instead of the voice yeah, i think it's less of a concern now than it was then uh because then I, was, I think maybe i did have some hang-ups about whether am i a good poet or not and i think that my idea of what poetry is has expanded so much since um and sometimes the words don't have to be like incredible. Like sometimes people can get a feeling of sounds and mm. different ways of like ex- different ways of people expressing themselves on a microphone or on the page. So yeah, I'm a, I'm a lot less like concerned about like I would hope that people think that my poetry is actually good by itself. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. But I mean, if they think it's not, <laughs> but they're like, but your voice did something for me that was really interesting and life changing. Well. I'll take that. It's all good. <laughs> but yeah, for me, I'm thinking more about performance and I think the voice is an interesting thing to use in performance. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, you really then articulated my own feelings about, like, kind of the the labels of spoken word and poetry and, um, yeah, seeing mm. where do I fit in that and I think that that will ring true for a lot mm. of people. Um, so how do you approach generally creating new work and what comes first um, when working with um, music and combining that with words or is there I would say ma- mainly for me anyway the words always come first because mm. that's what I see myself as a, as a writer you know fundamentally I'm a writer um, yeah so the words come first but you know obviously it's not that straightforward because the process of collaboration is always mm. a lot more a lot less a lot more fluid than that so sometimes yeah but I, it's rare for me I mean obviously unless if it's someone's project there's this element of 
um, you hear the music first. But I don't. I rarely write to the music. It's absolutely rare that I write something new, brand new for a track, unless if it's like a, a very clear commission. I always try to hear what they've put forward and see what I already have that goes with that. Because again, like I said, I'm not a musician. And my interest is not really necessarily always to respond to music. My interest in is in like seeing how music can enhance the words and the performance of those words, mm. as opposed to um, how can these words fit in this tune, you know? So for me, it, the words always come first, um, except for the rare occasion when it doesn't. Mm. Where maybe also you, you do record something um, for someone and, you know, they, they sort of like maybe build another world around what you're doing or so rather so they sort of slot you in somewhere where they feel like you fit you know whatever but yeah that's rare yeah. um so one of the things i was wondering as you mentioned before um you're born in zimbabwe mm. moved to the uk i think when you were 12 and um so i wondered how you and now you were just before talking about potentially moving to france so um i wondered how you'd say place influences um, your relationship to sound and spoken word? Oh, that's a really interesting question. I think, yeah, a lot of the sound pieces I've made also just kind of exploring that landscape of kind of wanting to find a home or somewhere to settle. So I guess a lot of time they involves using a lot of field recordings of different places. And evoking that and also just getting a feel of a place or a new place or an old place or memory where like thinking about sounds of those places you know um, like walking through the city but also then thinking of a place you've been to and just, and just like for me yeah, I think for me sound and the work that I do I'm really thinking of like how, like how to invoke like certain emotions and feelings of nostalgia etc but yeah, um, it's fascinating. I have never really thought of that question before. I think I've probably given more thought as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so something else that I've been talking about a lot on the podcast is about music and the kind of ineffable and the way that it moves us and creates emotional responses in a way that can be hard to describe. Um, do you think that there are differences in the way that poetry and music express emotion and create these kind of emotional connections with people? <clears throat> I don't know. I feel like they both do the same thing in different ways mm-hmm. and sometimes in similar ways. Yeah, I don't... Yeah, I don't know. I don't really think of all... I just, I'm not very good at seeing art as separate from each other. Mm. I just think that people I just think that mo- most of the times we're all saying we're kind of putting across the same ideas and same stories and we just use different tools to like try to capture that feeling and share with other people yeah it's interesting as well because it sort of just thinking now it made me think how often there's a sort of tendency to box people in yeah. to certain art forms and and actually it just yeah it's sort of like you were saying like you sort of were enjoying poetry and went down that route yeah. and then music is also in- enjoyable so mm-hmm. it's it so these things as an artist you know in your own experience that you know 
you know, I, I also like to do visual art as well and you know it might then because you don't you're not you become known for that one thing yeah people associate with that and then if you do something outside of that it becomes a surprise when yeah. actually it's always part of you yeah it's really fascinating actually because I get that a lot with uh, and I was thinking about that a lot throughout the summer actually thinking about that very deeply I'm still thinking about it and talking about it a lot with friends how a lot of the time you know even within the literary spaces if you're a poet you're a poet if you're a novelist you're a novelist mm-hmm. you're a short fiction writer it's like so it's not even even like just not just generally across the the, the you know the arts scene <laughs> you like I don't know to, but you know within art spaces I think that yeah there's a lot especially in the I think specifically in the UK there's a lot of compartmentalising of people and their, their gifts and the way they choose to express, you know. Um, but yeah, people still say to me, oh, like, so how, oh, yeah, see, like, you're doing, like, your sound thing, you know. Mm-hmm. We just kind of, like, when I was younger, and people would be like, oh, you're still doing the poetry thing. And it's quite mm-hmm. fascinating because you just kind of have to know that you know what you're doing and you trust what you're doing. Because for me, this sound thing is not separate from my general practice, do you know what I mean? I'm yeah. just, I'm an artist who works with words and and voice. So, like, what did you expect? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but it's always surprising. I'm more surprised by, like, people's surprise. Because mm. <laughs> I'm like, that is such a narrow way of, um, of kind of, like, moving through the world. But I understand that people do need to have their blinkers and their signifiers and things that allow them to feel like that. Because, you know, we all have a different perspective of how the world works. Uh, but I've been thinking about that a lot because you find people who go to, like, art school going in maybe as a photographer and then coming out like making sculpture you know and and then going back to photography or then starting to make video art or working with sound a little bit then performance you know there seems to be a lot of fluidity in some in a lot of those spaces uh, i'm not saying that it doesn't have also its pitfalls or people don't box each other up or whatever but i think it allowed me to have a new language kind of just thinking about that a lot it's allowed me to have a new language about for, about my practice and what I think of my practice and like just art in general and yeah too many boxes <laughs> <laughs> um so are there any particular artists that you admire that work with music and spoken word and if so can you tell us something about what it is that particularly appeals to you about their work I really like a lot of different artists uh, I know your first question is specific but again I guess I'm always okay yeah I'll answer it <laughs> <laughs> um, who do I like working with music and poetry or spoken word because so I guess poetry is not spoken word is not just mute poetry mm. this is another thing mm. <laughs> side note like spoken word is not just poetry but people working with text and sound I would say that I really admire are more mother. Uh, I like how radically experimental they are with the way that they work with their voice, uh, production and live music. Um, and the different spaces that they occupy. I like artists who kind of know how to work within different spaces. I really like Matana Roberts as well as an American, um, both are American actually, uh, but Montana Roberts is a sax player and uh, also uses text and like oral orality, I guess, in her work. 
and it's really powerful work honestly like i just yeah i've seen it live while she works with an audience as well i've just listening to her it's really intense but like like top shelf top shelf stuff a lot of people uh i'm trying to think and i'm just trying not to say men like for the first time just like leave them out (laughs) obviously like um wow how's my brain like stuck right now i like i like dilemma um the artist from the uk from london dilemma they work with a jazz band they're like basically as somebody who's interested in things like jazz poetry I would say that I would classify dilemmas, but then I'm not saying that they would classify themselves mm. as a jazz poet. <laughs> but uh, from the tradition of jazz poetry, uh, yeah, I would say they're in the lineage of that. And then some other poets who work with language and, and music, I would say Jane Cortez, who was a, an incredible poet from and worked from the 60s till the mid-2010s when she passed away, 2000s. Um, and she was an incredible uh, jazz poet as well. Um, and I'm really deeply inspired by Jane Cortez and hope to just like do half of what she did um yeah great thank you um so can you tell us a bit about what you're working on at the moment and also what are some of the ways that you maybe see yourself working in the future at the moment I'm just I wouldn't say I'm working in a very linear way. I wouldn't say there's anything specific I'm, like, focusing on because I'm trying to redefine to myself, really, like, what I'm doing, you know. Um, just try to keep that joy going. So at the moment, I'm just working on just staying, like, trying to be as present as possible in my practice and find a meaningfulness to it that I felt when I first started, like, wanting to create art and share it with people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that includes taking care of myself as best as possible. So I'd say my my main project at the moment is myself. <laughs> as corny as that sounds, I'm just trying to be, you know, more active. Try to feel as vital as possible. You know, uh, to be more active, eat better, sleep lot, sleep well, not drink. <laughs> you know, so I'm just trying to like do certain things that I feel like make me feel better because I, I find that I work best when I'm coming from that. So, you know, this is all just really also just me tr- trying to put a collection together or whatever but trying not to make it a thing of like oh I'm writing a collection right now you know and getting stressed out mm-hmm. and kind of like uh, driving myself um, off the cl- off a cliff you know um, for no reason because nothing is that important <laughs> mm-hmm. but uh, yeah I'm just trying to enjoy being an artist in every aspect of my life and hopefully I can finish like a collection of poems mm. whenever I finish them yeah yeah, yeah cuz I think that's the thing as well particularly about being an artist rather than kind of a standard 9 to 5 job is mm. that it is so much part of you and t- yeah, yeah taking I mean your, obviously your everyone body should take care like, of themselves yeah. but it's you know it, it's really integral to like the way that you work yeah like if my mind and body are not good uh, no work's going to get done so there's no point and I think it's very important that we keep kind of talking about that more and more and more because you know the other people who are not artists have romanticized this idea of like sort of like the unwell artist you know the, un- the starving artist and mm. from this pain and grief there from there <laughs> springs forth the work and it's like no like if that person is not eating well or sleeping well whatever like i'm not saying that people can't create under this like you know some people can but like 
the majority like working artists <laughs> like mm. who have to like think about bills and pay for their studio mm. and also like take care of their families and like manage their time as well like you need to be well like you need to be as well as possible so mm-hmm. yeah i mean i'm learning that um it's lessons i've been learning over the years but i think really now it feels more like understanding you know i think it's just age you get older and you're just like oh i want to really take care of myself because mm. then i'll be able to do the things that i want to do um so yeah you know i'm just trying to be as good to myself as possible so i can just like enjoy life because art is for life you know i'm always going to make art mm. so i'm trying not to be too stressed about oh you know i mean i'm not saying that i don't have some sleepless nights and i'm like <laughs> so what is my checks coming in the mail <laughs> but i know that's not really like or i try not to make that my main concern i try not to to do and uh, focus on that too much and kind of just figure out how to keep sustaining myself and uh, make as as work that i like mm. and i feel proud to share with people yeah that's great um it made me think as well i've been listening to tim clare's death of, the, of a thousand cuts and he was talking in one episode about um you know the idea of in you know whether it's writing a novel or writing a collection of poetry it's like that is too big to really think of and so you do mm-hmm. need to like cut it down mm-hmm. and sort like of saying just like even if you do 10 minutes a day like you can't write the whole thing yeah <laughs> and just yeah I think that's becoming really important to me now mm. at the moment as well just kind of like doing a little bit and towards then, you know something that fu- you know it fulfills you yeah and yeah I think that pressure yeah I, I think I guess I've normally worked from pressure like I've normally worked under pressure and produced under pressure and I feel tired mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> like drained like do I even have a soul <laughs> um, but I think obviously lockdown helped with that aspect of things you just get to rest you know um, but that's right because one thing I'm learning to echo that is that I just try to show up a little bit every day because I'm like the, just like consistent mm-hmm. and I just do something like today not tomorrow <laughs> uh, but sometimes that works sometimes it doesn't sometimes I do sleep all day <laughs> mm-hmm. but on the most part I'm just trying to like show up bit by bit every day um, and that makes me feel good I feel really good like yesterday I smashed my to-do list like in no time and I was like oh, I can watch Married at First Sight <laughs> mm-hmm. you know at like 4pm <laughs> um, but yeah but it's just because I'm doing little by little so I agree with that I think yeah when you start to be like oh i have a novel to write that is that's not, that's so daunting mm. that's so like that's a lot to think about um because you have to actually make up a lot of i mean on a practical level you do have to create characters plots mm. <laughs> like you know all, the, all, the, all that good stuff that goes into the into the thing but yeah bit by bit in it see how it goes yeah fingers crossed it works <laughs> Yes, something else as well that you touched upon is yeah just kind of yeah thinking about the kind of practical side of like um you know the money side of things and yeah rent's got to yeah, be paid with with that i yeah i find that that kind of i've instilled that so much that it then means that i'm not doing any art yeah, yeah, yeah and then yeah. it's like it's really important to like to think well this is the reason why i'm doing all these other things is to do the thing that i really love and and gives me fulfillment yeah and um so yeah i definitely i feel like from the onset of talking to you um i'm really taking away that message of you know your practice bringing you joy mm. i think that's really important yeah 
yeah thank you or me doing my best to make sure that my practice mm. gives me joy um yeah my practice is bringing me joy means i'm probably bringing myself joy so yeah and my plants are not dying mm. so <laughs> yeah oh yes there is a correlation guys it's true mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, so lastly, before we wrap up, um, you have some tracks on Spotify and SoundCloud. I do. But um, I was wondering um, what you could say for the best way for listen listeners to follow your work and keep up to date with updated with what you're doing. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, I would say number one, obviously Spotify. Why not go and run it up, pop those plays? To mm-hmm. be honest, financially it makes no difference, but it's always good. Um, but I would say soundcloud.com slash mamoyo uh, or mamoyo.bandcamp.com really um, I'll say that if you want to just keep up with like my work that those are probably like two platforms where I if you're interested in like if people are interested in both the sound and the poetry together I'll say those are two platforms where you can like get to get, have an idea of what I'm doing uh, but also you can just follow me on Instagram ma.moyo and yeah but yeah soundcloud bandcamp follow me i don't know buy something buy a book buy a track and yeah buy me bread and milk for the next (laughs) week or two (laughs) great thank you so much for joining me thank you for having me it's been a pleasure
eyes and ears of tar All these fine people With all these gifts All that beauty Give me your smile Give me your eyes Come here Give me a kiss With those blackened lips Rescue me from all this Abandon I carry in the pits of my belly The man at the front cries into his horn A dark tunnel of displacement Between a difficult past and unknown futures Sun rises on the revelers Cumulus fades Painting a plain sky with cyrus-like brush strips They say When rain clouds gather They do not fall on one roof alone When rain clouds gather They do not fall on one roof alone Sun rises Cumulus fades I beg the night to end, plead with it to spend, it's morning cloaked in darkness, plead with it to spend, it's morning cloaked in darkness. Ah uh...